I'm just going to invite Peter up. He's going to bring the word this morning. Peter is one of our incredible area leaders, and it is a huge blessing to have him here this morning. And he has a bag of goodies, and that excites me. <laughs> Good morning, church. Good morning. Are you ready? Yeah. Born ready. Born ready, I like it. Who, I don't know, was the person who put their wallet in the offering last week? But I want to thank you, because you set something in motion. You have done something incredible, and you've set something in motion. So whoever you are, thank you for being obedient to the Lord. I've got a bag with turnips on. Now, Dave, last week, you had your iPad, didn't you, I thought? Well, I've heard everyone going on about apples and how wonderful they are. So I brought my apple this week. Now, seeing as we're starting with an apple, my Devon accent... I thought we'd go to the garden. It's a good place to start. It's where you get apples from, apparently. Now, apples are wonderful things. They're a gift. And if I cut this apple open, I wonder what I might find inside. A bit splashy bits, yeah. But inside, the seeds. There's something inside this. God has given us something wonderful, and inside it, it carries life. Isn't that amazing? We read about that in Genesis 1.11. So it reproduces after its own kind. Now that was a whole apple. I'm looking for a married couple now. Would you do me a great favour? You are allowed to eat this apple. You can keep that plate and put any bits left over on there after. Okay? So you are one in Christ, sharing from the same apple. You can eat that. Yeah, you're allowed to eat. Yeah, we want to eat today, don't we? We want to eat the best of what God has got for us today. Who wants, who's come hungry this morning? Yeah, yeah. See, if it was just listening to me, I wouldn't turn up. <laughs> but I want to hear what God's got to say today. And you'll be pleased to know I've spent time with the Lord. So I'm ahead of you, but you're catching up with me. Yeah? We're going to run together. So if we're starting in the garden, what better place to go to than Genesis 1? Amen. God created everything, didn't he, by his word. God knows. Do you think he knows something about the word that's special? He knows that the word works 100%. Everything we see came out of something. You know, sometimes I've said, and I've said it wrong, that something came out of nothing. That's not true. Everything we see physically came out of the spirit realm. It came out of and into being by the word of God. It came out of another dimension, the spirit realm of God. And it's his word, and his word, where do we know the word originates from? The mouth comes out of the mouth, but where does it originate from? The innermost being. So the word God spoke in Genesis came out of his innermost being. That's why it's such wonderful poetic language. All the variety, the colors, Shapes, the sizes, created by the colourful, poetic word of God. And he gave it to how many people? He gave everything to a few people. There's Adam and Eve. And how many people on the planet today? Over six billion. Do you think our God might be slightly generous? Do you think he might be incredibly over-the-top kind of a God? Oh, yes. That's how generous God is. You can't put a measure on it. The ever-increasing population, but God's word sustains. He spoke life in the beginning, 
and the seed carries the life and it keeps going and going and going. There's no end. Why? Because God said so. And the generosity of God, the very act of his generosity, came out of his generous nature. Because seeds produce after their own kind. So if you have a generous nature, you're going to be generous. And God is a generous God. And some of you need to hear that today. He's a generous God for you. And for me. Now, the great thing we read about later on in Genesis 1 is that he made Adam and Eve in his image. So what does that mean about our character formed in the beginning? Generous. We are made generous. That's who we really are. It might not be what we always see, yeah? But that's who we really are, fashioned by God. We are generous. And I know in the garden, you can have everything, and you can imagine the variety, the colors, thousands, millions of plants, trees, birds, everything. You can imagine it, all for them. Just one thing you can't touch. That's a generous garden. And you know, God has to have a test. He has to leave a test in there because he's a God of love. And you say, does he do it to trip us up? No. He does it because so he's, he's urging you on. Prove yourself faithful. Come on, you can do it. Prove yourself faithful. Just one tree. And we know they messed up. And if we'd been there, we'd have messed up too. So we're not pointing the finger. But I want to focus on who we are. Our nature is generous, yeah. a generous nature. Yeah. And I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you. And when I read these, I want you to, and you'll come up behind, I want you to focus on what's being declared and the position Jesus takes, because I think both are really important. Luke 4, 18 to 21. The Lord's Spirit is on me, because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to tell the prisoners they can be set free, to tell the blind they can see, to free people from oppression that has crushed them, to announce that the year of God's favour has what? Arrived today. Jubilee is here. And not just jubilee for 50 years, jubilee full stop. It's jubilee here on after. Freedom for the people. Debt set free. Set free from debt. Set free from sickness. Everything that holds on to people. And he rolled up the scroll, he returned it to the attendant, and then what did he do? He sat down. And he said, this scripture is now being fulfilled in your presence. He didn't say it's going to be fulfilled. He said it's being fulfilled in your presence. And they would have thought, but he he sat down. He hasn't done a miracle yet. He he hasn't set anybody. Yes, he has. He's spoken the word. Yes, that's good. We need to get hold of this church. He's spoken the word. It's a done deal. We can smile. It's a done deal. He's spoken the word, and that word carries to today. So we are living in that word today. Let's hold that and go to Acts 2, verse 34 to 35. This is Paul speaking about King David and Jesus. It was not David who ascended into heaven, and yet God said through him, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I cause your enemies to be a footstool beneath your feet. So Jesus sat down before doing any miracles and said, the job's done. And he sat down on planet Earth before doing any miracles. The job's done. It's complete. The word has spoken. The word's gone out. And we know it doesn't return void from Isaiah, don't we? Comes back, sure and certain. Fulfills everything. So he sat down on Earth, but he also sits down in heaven after completing his work on Earth and sending his Holy Spirit. Why? Why? 
We need to get hold of this. Why? Everything that we would ever need has been given to us. Yeah. That's why he can sit down. He's poured out his spirit, and everything we need has been given to us. Not some things, but everything. Given for the purpose of living in what he's achieved for us. Give it, why? To be a display to the world. Yeah. To show the attractiveness of God, to show the generosity of God, to show the love of God. That's why. To draw people near to him. We sang the song as we draw near. So in Genesis and Luke, every physical and spiritual blessing is here. We have access to it as his children. We need to say, let's say that together. I have access, I have access to every physical, every and, spiritual blessing. and spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1.3 echoes that. Everything available with no withholding by God. If you're an economist, there's no lack of supply. There's no lack, sorry, on the supply side of the economy in the kingdom of God. Amen. You just got to turn on the tap. Yep. And this needs to be reflected in our lives so we live up to God's word. We're in his image and we have his Holy Spirit. That's the truth. Now, so don't pray these kind of prayers. We'll have all prayed them at some point. Lord, give me more love. Lord, give me more faith. Rather, pray, Lord, thank you for the love you have put in my heart. Romans 5. You've got it. You don't have to ask for it. You've got it. Lord, thank you for the mustard seed faith that you said I've got in my inner man when you spoke to your disciples in front of that great mountain. I have it. I have the mustard seed faith that can accomplish anything. That's what the word says. I want to live my life your way. So Holy Spirit, lead me to the scriptures. Bring Christians across my path who will help me to express this love and exercise this faith. Exercise this love. And it's exactly the same with finances. No different. You can't dissect the two. Generous people have money to give. It's not that they have money so they are generous. They have a generous character. Therefore, they have money to give. There's no lack on the supply side in God's economy. So I'm doing the work of God. There's no lack on the supply side in God's economy. You got it? God wants to get physical and spiritual stuff to us and through us. Both. To us and through us. And sometimes the issue is the through bit. (laughs) He's done the two bit. It's the through bit that he's got to work on us. Now, did anyone have a sweep when you came in this morning? Oh, yes. If you came in the front door, you'll have had a sweep. (laughs) And go grab one later. That's my gift to you. I've sown a blessing to you. Because I think you're sweet people. No. I've sown a blessing to you. Okay? So I'm being prophetic. Or some might say pathetic. No, I say prophetic. A prophetic act in what I've done. Because I say you're good soil. I know it's only a token. I sowed it by faith. Because I think it's going to, I know it's going to produce a great harvest. Now, is Samuel, of Samuel and Toy in here today? Samuel? That's a shame. Can someone protect... Samuel, are you here? Can you come up here, please? Because I need you to help me. Now, in my bag of turnips, we have a phrase in England. That'll be a turnip for the books. Wouldn't it be a turnip for the books if I had books in here? Well, there you go. 
That was a bad one, wasn't it, Dave? Okay. Well, I've been reading The Blessed Life. And I've been really blessed by this blessed life. So I want to pass it on to someone else. Now, it wouldn't be a very good book, would it, called The Blessed Life, if I wasn't blessed by it. I want to pass it on to someone else. So is there someone else in the room who would like The Blessed Life who's never read it before? You're helping me. <laughs> would you come forward? So I'm going to give it to you guys, and I would like you just to pray a blessing on them as you give it to them. Okay? Sure job. Now, I think, Smith Wigglesworth, you, you, you carry on, you give it to them, and you pray a blessing. Be blessed in your life, and you stay there. Don't go. <clears throat> Smith Wigglesworth, an amazing man of God. Amazing man of God. Ever-increasing faith. Who wants to see the mustard seed grow into a great big tree? Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So who would like to read about some of the amazing things Smith Wigglesworth did? You will be amazed by it. Come forward. So Samuel and Toy, you're not going away, are you? Because you're going to pray that there'll be ever-increasing faith in the life of this man who's coming up. Because that's what it says on the title. Right. Smith Wigglesworth again. The Holy Spirit. We need to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth was a man who walked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Who would like this book on the Smith Wigglesworth and walking in the Holy Spirit? Come on, okay. Well, Samuel and Toyin, you better get on with your prayers because you've got another one. As soon as it's going out, it's coming in. So you've got to, the blessings are keeping flowing. And finally, oh, this is a good one. Steve Upple. Do you know Steve Upple from a church in Wolverhampton? Amazing preacher. Faith Camp as well. He's done a, a session on money, wealth, and possessions. I've devoured this book. <laughs> CDs, actually. But you're going to get modern. So who would like these CDs? And do you have a CD player in your car? No. Do, do, no, you don't. Oh. You don't. You have one in your house. Well, okay, you can be a blessing. So, do you want these, sir? Oh, well, let's pray for this man that he has money, wealth, and possessions overflowing so that he can be abundant in his life to the Lord. And who would like a great CD player for the car that you can play? You can borrow the CDs off him and you can play them. There you go. There you go. There you go. And you can, you can play that in your car. Thank you. All right? Fantastic. Now, Samuel and Toyin, have you finished? Come on. There's one more thing to flow. It's good, isn't it, when people are able to bless other people? And I've just done a very simple demonstration of what God wants to do all the time. He wants to work through people, through Samuel and Toyin. Now, Samuel, at Life Group, I said to you, I didn't have another copy of The Truth. <laughs> and I laughed the day after, because I looked on my bookshelf, and what did I see? So it's either grown <laughs> from a seed, or I missed it, and I suspect it was the latter. So will you take that, please, and devour that book? Bless you. Thank you for helping. Thank you. Samuel is an amazing, and Toyin, an amazing man and woman of God. Love you guys. So will you come with me and take a look at what the word looks like when it's lived out in and through us? Shall we take a look at what Jesus says? Yeah, go on. I've given you a little demonstration. But let's, let's see what Jesus says. Luke 6, 27 to 38. And it'll be on the screen behind me. Jesus says, so listen, those of you who take heed to what I say, are we those people? Amen. Love even your enemies and seek to bless those who hate you. Yes, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. 
If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other to him as well. If someone takes your coat, offer him your shirt as well. Give to anyone who asks from you, and if someone takes what is yours, do not insist that it's returned to you. This is the spiritual principle by which to live. Treat others in precisely the same way you would like them to treat you. God treats us incredibly generously so that we are free to treat others in precisely the same way you would like them to treat you. He is rich towards you so you can be rich in good deeds to others. What credit is it to you to love only those who love you? Even sinners love those who love them. And what do you gain by doing good to those who are good to you? Even sinners behave like that. Are you any different if you expect repayment when you lend to others? Sinners expect repayment when they lend to fellow sinners. But you are to love your enemies. Seek to do them good. Lend to others without expecting repayment. Then your reward will be great, for you will be acting as sons of the Most High God. You see, he's kind even to the wicked and those who take him for granted. So act with mercy, compassion, just as your Heavenly Father does, for he's full of mercy. If you do not judge others, you will not be judged. If you do not condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive, you'll be forgiven. Give, and you'll see what is given to you, a full measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Is this good news? The measure you receive is determined by the measure you use when you give. See, these, this scripture is showing us two kingdoms. The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. The world says hate. The kingdom of God says love. The world curses. The kingdom of God blesses. We can't curse from the kingdom of God. Jesus took them. We don't have them anymore. We only have the blessings. That's the kingdom of God. The world is aggressive because it has to protect itself. But we bring peace in the kingdom of God because we're sheltered under the protection of the Most High. Amen. That's true. That's good. Amen. The world takes. Yeah. Jesus says give. The, word, the world takes and steals, and Jesus says, offer a no-returns policy. <laughs> yeah? You see, in the natural, we're natural-born takers. But born again in the supernatural, we're born-again givers. Something changed. Something fundamental changed. And when you give, release the gift. Release it. Don't look at how someone uses it. I'm not going to come and ask you if you've finished the book yet, or I'm not going to remember who I've given things to because they went through Samuel and Toyin. Brilliant. But you know, my challenge to you is when you finish with them, pass it on. Yeah. Let the blessing flow. Yeah. Give without strings. It's so easy to, to think you've given, mm -hmm. and yet when someone does something with the, the money or whatever you've given them and you don't approve of it, you go, hmm. <laughs> I knew they were like that. You've given with strings. You haven't given at all. You haven't given. Because when you give, God says, give as a cheerful giver. And a cheerful giver gives with joy. A cheerful giver gives in love. A cheerful giver, therefore, keeps no record of wrongs. So even if the person messes up with the gift, 
And let's face it, we could all put our hands up to that one. Because Jesus came for those who are lost and the sinners, the ones who'd messed up, and he set our life aright. So we can all put our hands up to that one. Therefore, give without strings. And I'm going to go through some principles in this scripture here. Principle of sowing and reaping. Just three things. We see it in Galatians 6, 6 to 10 as well, if you want to back it up with other scripture. You can't reap what you haven't sown. That's what this scripture is telling us. You can't reap what you haven't sown. Now, if you eat your seed, if you eat what God has given you to sow, guess what? There ain't going to be no harvest. There ain't going to be no food in the barn. If I took a look at this apple now, was it good? It was very good. Very good. You didn't eat it all. You've left the, why, what's the bit you've left? The core. You've left the core. That's the bit that carries the seed, isn't it? That produces life. Mm-hmm. So if you ate that, that wouldn't produce life, would it? Mm-hmm. But if we chuck that in the soil, that will produce life. Mm-hmm. Isn't God good? Amen. He set up the physical to reproduce because the seed, we don't touch the seed. So don't eat your seed. Got a problem with that? Jesus said it. And he's bigger than me. (laughs) But he's also a loving God and he'll correct you gently. You reap the same kind. If I sow an apple, I ain't going to get carrots. I'd be a strange farmer, wouldn't I, that expected that. (laughs) Oh, apples are going cheap. Apple seeds are going really cheap this year. I'll just show it. it. I bought the field last year, loads of carrots. Just chuck it in the soil in my carrot field. I'm going to get carrots again, aren't I? No. (laughs) You'd look a fool, wouldn't you? And yet, you know, many Christians go through the week, Monday to Saturday, sowing all different types of seed. Come to church on a Sunday and want to reap love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You might receive those still because God's gracious. Almost as if we're asking for a crop failure. Yeah, I sowed bitterness, but I expect to reap joy. No, it doesn't work like that. There's a need for repentance. There's a need for our walk to be genuine throughout the whole week. And that's what God is calling us to, to get closer to him and to walk genuinely with him. So we are not people, are we, who ask for crop failure. We sow good seed during the week. Say, I'm a good seed sower. Fantastic. (laughs) And if you don't like your harvest, you know what you've got to do? Change your seed. Change what you sow. You are responsible for your harvest. I am responsible for my harvest. And if I don't like my harvest, God needs to deal with me to change the seed that I am sowing. And I need to be obedient to his Holy Spirit so I sow the right kind of seed. Think of King David. How loyal, how faithful to a man who was trying to kill him all the time. Mm -hmm. To a man who was unfaithful and disloyal to God and his subjects, David remained faithful because he was the Lord's anointed. Mm -hmm. David wanted to please God so much that he was loyal to the disloyal, faithful to the unfaithful. 
When David died, who did he have around him? Loyal, faithful men. Why? Because he sowed loyalty. He sowed faithfulness. Same today. I really admire King David. You reap more than you sow. Now that's good. Every farmer knows it. You reap more than you sow. Good measure, pressed down. You see in Matthew 13, verse 8, 30, 60, 100 fold. Echoed there in scripture. You see, God has built in a reward system. And sometimes in the British culture, we that's a dirty word. Reward? We think it's a dirty word. I think because we have a negative thing about success in this country. There's a psyche. Don't ask me why, where it's come from. Well, I know it's come from. But we have, that's got to change. But we somehow see reward and success as dirty in some way. Well, God owns everything, and he's a pure and holy God. He is the richest of all, and he is a pure and holy God. So where did that thought come from that reward and success can be in some way dirty? Abraham was successful, faithful man of God. So we need to get rid of that, that kind of thought pattern. It's wrong. God rewards his children, and there's a reason. So we can act free from fear. So we can act free from fear. Imperfect love drives out fear. Relationship with God drives out fear. God wants us to be fearless in our love walk. Fearless when we bless others. Fearless as a peacemaker, and fearless as a giver. That's what God wants, because that's who he is. He's fearless. He's perfect love in action. And we set the measure of the reward. So if I have a teaspoon, and I give a teaspoon, I am still going to get a teaspoon pressed down, shaken together. I'm still going to get that, but it's a teaspoon. What if I use a shovel? I read a quote the other day. I shovel it in, God shovels it out. No, I shovel it out, written it down wrong. I shovel it out, God shovels it in, God's got a bigger shovel. Amen. We need to trust in the one who provides for us. Amen. I've never asked for a pay rise, yet I've had pay rises. I've never in my career asked for a promotion, yet I've been promoted many times, because the Lord promotes me. It may not be our culture, but I don't like to ask men for things. I go to God to ask for things. And he's done things amazing in my work. And I just want you to know, you go to God first. Don't look to man. Amen. You need a pay rise, go to God, not your boss. Don't try and manipulate him by saying, you know, I could get a job elsewhere. I've seen that. It's horrible. Don't do it. Go to God. And then he'll give it to you because God will move his heart to do it. You know, when we, I moved jobs recently in the last 18 months, and God blessed me, and, and he fulfilled his promise to me. Because in 1991, when I joined CIS, the Co-op Insurance Society, God gave me a scripture, and it's the Israelites in Egypt. He said, I will take you into the land, and I will take you out of the land. In other words, you don't leave your job, you stay put. I've been taken out of the co-op in 2013. And you know what? They gave me a 50% bonus that year. Didn't the children of Israel leave with a great reward. I took you in, I will take you out. And the connotation of that is don't worry. 
I didn't need to worry. And they gave, I wasn't even going to leave. But God moved them to bless me. And he can do the same for you. But don't seek the reward. Seek the rewarder. God gives the reward. Why? So we can act free from fear. That's the reason. So we can give freely and the reward will come. But if you focus on the reward, your heart will go a bit like those apples. That apple core. And it doesn't look very nice. So keep your focus on Jesus. And the reason why he's given the reward is so you can act and live free. So we've got the new covenant. That was all new covenant, what Jesus spoke of. And the new covenant sets a higher standard. Murder. You had to physically have the knife or whatever in your hand and kill someone. There had to be an outward act. But under the new covenant, it says you just get angry. Why? Because under the new covenant, it's all about an inner work. You're in the kingdom of God now. You have his spirit now, and it's the spirit of love. And there's no anger in God's spirit. Not of that kind. Adultery, sex outside marriage. You had to physically do the act. Now, look lustfully. Men, we need to look at women as if they are you know, our wives, genuinely, or our sisters. Sorry, our sisters. We need to look at other women as if they're our sisters. We need to look at older women as if they're our mothers, grandmothers. We need to look at younger women as if they're our children. Do you get what I'm saying? We see differently. We can choose the way we see. And men, we've got to look that way. Women, you, you need to do that too when you look at men. Brother, father, child. It's all about the heart. Tithing. Old Testament, 10% of everything. New Covenant is all about generosity. This is the higher bar. Jesus is saying, will you come up higher? Yeah. Yeah. There's a more exciting life. Will you come up higher? I can shovel it in faster than you can shovel it out. Want to test me? That's what he says in Malachi. Want to test me? Yes, Lord, I do want to test you because I know you're faithful. You prove yourself faithful and you desire that I give as well so I prove myself faithful to you. You see, God proves himself faithful and he desires that we prove ourselves faithful, trusting in him. Like father, like son, same nature. That's why he wants to see it expressed. It's not to trip us up, it's to spur us on. Now the challenge is how we can do this. What did God say to Paul when he was struggling? My grace, my grace is sufficient for you, is what he said. My grace is sufficient for you. And he called generosity the what? The grace of giving. He excelled the Corinthian church. Come on, church, you can do it. And the key is all in the grace. Whose grace? God's grace. So the previous scripture, what did it say? You will be acting as sons of the Most High God when you do these things, when you live kingdom ways. How about that? That's what we do as God's children. I want you to focus these next two scriptures, and this is really key, so sit up straight, shake yourself off. I'm going to go to Revelation. You say, what, Revelation? Yes, that's where God took me. So we're going to Revelation. You're coming on the journey with me. I've been on this week. So you can read Revelation 4 at your leisure. It's all like John, caught up into heaven. We're going to go to chapter 5, verse 5 to 9 where one of the elders said to me, you know, John was weeping. There's no one to undo the scroll. 
in heaven. And one of the elders said, don't cry, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has been victorious. He's able to open the scroll, break its seven seals. And I saw in the center of the throne, surrounded by the four living creatures, 24 elders, a lamb standing, victorious, standing, a lamb standing, and yet looking as if he'd been slain. The blood clearly visible, looking as if he'd been slain. It goes on. It says, they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to break open its seals because you were slain and by your blood you purchased men for God. You purchased for God men of every tribe and language from all people groups, every nation, and you made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will what? Rejoice on the earth. They will live out this glorious life that you've given them. They will live out your glorious nature. They won't hate, they'll love. They won't curse, they'll bless. They won't take, they'll give. Because they're carrying the nature, the living word of God. And we need to live from this position. How do we do what Jesus said in Corinthians? Well, we do it from living in this position. And I saw a picture. Imagine Jesus slain, standing there by my side. Someone does me a wrong. I mean, how much have I been forgiven? Of course I'm going to forgive you. But if I'm not aware of what Jesus has done, what could my response be? But when I'm in the presence of Jesus, slain, blood visible, I can't do any other response other than say, thank you, Lord, and I forgive you. Because they have first sinned against God, not me. The devil, the spirits of this world work behind people to frustrate the plans of God. His aim is at God and he uses people. He aims at people to get to God. The sin is against God first. And he, Jesus, died for them. Yes, he died for me, but he died for them. And he, his invitation is, will you join me in forgiveness? And I saw that. For, will you join me in forgiveness? Will you join me in blessing? We are partnering with the King of Kings here on the earth, him established in heavenly places, we with him, and we can live out this life on the earth empowered by what Jesus has done. So live in the position aware of the sacrifice and aware of your purpose on earth to bless others mm. so that they are drawn near to the King of Kings. Yeah. Yeah. So their hearts get melted. You know, we need a heart-melting time, don't we? You get that in the presence of God. My heart was melted today in worship. We need that. We need it daily. So when we see Jesus slain, our only response can be to love our enemies. Revelation 12, 10 to 11. How did they overcome the works of the devil? They overcame him through the lamb's blood and because of the word of their testimony and because they loved not their own lives even to the point of death. There are two things for overcoming. The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony because of the way they live. The word of their testimony, what they speak, and the way they live, what they do, have to be in sync. Blood of the lamb is a done deal. He's standing, slain. The blood of the lamb is done. So God's side of the bargain is complete. The invitation is our choice. And there's a deliberate reason, there's, it's called a testimony. There's a test in there. 
God needs to test our hearts so we can be proven faithful. Abraham, Isaac, Genesis 22. Elijah, in, when, he, when he spoke into being a drought, it affected him as well. But God took him to a place where he provided water and meat through animals. 1 Kings 17. The widow at Zarephath responded to the word of the Lord to give everything she had left in her larder to the prophet. And blessing overflowed. She had more food than she needed to go through the drought time. Matthew 14, feeding of the 5,000. We know the story. More than enough. Ridiculous. It's not natural. No, it's supernatural. There's a multiplication happens when we put our finances into the hands of God. It doesn't happen anywhere else. It happens when we sow and reap. So time and money are the two key testing grounds today. And here's a quote which I love. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You're no fool if you give what you can't keep to gain what you can't lose. What does he mean? Well, you and me in Jesus are eternal. You know Jesus, you're born again, you're eternal. My only time, it's only my time on earth that's limited. But I can translate that time through service, as David spoke about last week, I can translate my time on earth through service into reformed character. Because when I serve, God works on my character and I take my character into eternity. I can also use my money to get the gospel out. So I translate money, which has temporary worth while I'm on earth, into something eternal, winning souls for Christ. You see, both time and money are limited. But I can change them, and you can change them with me if you come on this journey, into something that is eternal and unlimited. Who wouldn't want that for an investment return? Wouldn't you want that? I want it, absolutely. So I sow and I reap. And God shovels it in, and I shovel it out. And it's fantastic. It's fun. God wants you to have fun. Do you know that? He wants you to have joy in your giving. Romans 10, 14 to 15 don't turn there, says this. To call on the Lord, people need to believe. To believe, they need to have heard about Jesus. They need to hear the gospel. Hear the gospel, it's got to be preached to them, hasn't it? And then to preach, you've got to send someone. And to send someone costs money. There has to be provision. So if we bring provision into the house, the gospel goes out. And we are plundering hell. I love it. I love the idea of being able to plunder hell just by putting pounds in the offering. Absolutely love it. So, Jesus' job, I want to sum up now. Jesus' job is done. He's given us the Great Commission. It's over to us with his life. He's entrusted it to us. He's expecting a return. When I get to heaven, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And I want the same for you as well, which is why I'm telling you this this morning. Because what I'm telling you, I do. I'm not saying I do it perfectly. That would be a lie. But I do it. And I follow the Holy Spirit's leading. And I sow generously. Why? Because I serve a generous God. So will you let the flavor of God pour out of each one of us, Lord? Our time, our finances, our love, our peace, or rather, what about this? The time he has given us. It's the finance he he has given you. It's the love he's given you. It's the peace he's given you. It all roots in your position in Christ and his wonderful gift. So I'll leave you with a picture. Imagine walking into eternity. Can you imagine walking into eternity? 
Do you think anything of the darkness that the devil has put on you in this life that you've not noticed? Do you think any of that can get into eternity with you? Nope. So if this jacket was anything the devil's put on me, I haven't noticed, I'm walking into eternity and that has to go. And I walk into eternity pure and holy. I'm pure and holy in my inner man, but I have to work it out through my mind and through my actions, through my body. But you know, there's an offering here today. You can walk free today. You don't have to wait to the end of your life. You can walk in that today. Walk in greater fullness of it today. So choose the generous life. Eternity is now. Eternity starts today. It isn't when you get to heaven. Heaven's here now. Heaven is where God is king. And God is king in you and me. Now, I think we need to stand this morning because we need to respond to who? To Jesus. Not to me. Don't stand for me. You're in the presence of the Lamb of God who was slain before the creation of the world, who's done everything for you. So let's stand. What do you need from the Lord? Thank him that you have Thank him for what you have, what he has made available, and ask him to show you how to take hold of it. If you're struggling with things, you can tap the person next to you and pray together. But pray to the Lord this morning while you're in this place, while we're together as family, because there's a strength when we come together. And let's seek the Lord together. Seek his face together. I want you to just pray before the Lord. Whatever it is you need, whatever you know of a family member that needs something, speak it into being today. You're standing in the presence of the one who can do everything. So speak it into being in confidence of what he has done and what he is doing. respond to that word as, as Peter said so now wherever you are just begin to talk to God begin to pray begin to bring to him what you need what you're struggling with because the generous God wants to be generous to you this morning and if you do want to stand with someone in agreement do tap the person next to you and say pray with me you don't have to tell them all the details but just say can you pray with me can you agree with me let's just respond now just begin to pray Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have a confidence as sons of God that we know whatever we've just asked God for, we've received. So thank him now. Thank him for what he's just done. Thank him for how he's poured something into your life. Thank him. Because we have a confidence as we approach him, he responds to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This week, as you go about your week, you need to keep thanking God because it is yours. What you have asked God for is yours. He supplies all your needs. He is the generous God. Whatever it is, whatever situation, you keep thanking him. You keep giving, keep being generous. 
Don't let that word get snatched away from you, but live it out this week. Keep thanking him, keep praising him. And there'll be keys that are released in your life as you respond to the word during the week.